Well, hey, uh, good morning, and uh, or whenever it is for you, and welcome to the After Later Podcast. I'm your host, John Wessling. I uh, hope you're having a great day today. I'm going to be honest with you, I'm really not having a great day today. Kind of woke up in a bit of a sour mood, back hurting, just kind of, I don't know. We always talk about these things kind of come in waves, you know, and you're just supposed to do the best you can, right? But, uh, I don't know, just kind of low energy big storms are blowing in where where we live and it's a cloudy day kind of feels like a feels like it should be a sunday even though i i I believe it's a wednesday yeah my laptop tells me that it's wednesday i imagine a lot of you are feeling this way here and there comes in waves you know but uh a little bummed out i think the general state of dumbassedness by my fellow man especially kind of in my area people that are uh, just fucking stupid about this whole thing and oh I want to go out you can't make me wear a mask and, I mean fucking idiots <laughs> they're going to make us have to do this all longer so that's got me kind of just disheartened discouraged you know feeling a little bit down plus you know I was a comic I mean it could be a long time before what I do for a living comes back you know so looking at the state of things and how we have to adjust and move on I mean trust me I've plenty of times in, in my life and my career I've had to you know take jobs for a little while to kind of make things you know ends meet for a while between gigs and but this is different man like even all the stuff that you kind of go do for a little job job are now all shut down so it's like shit so you know you adapt you try to find new ways to kind of stay out there and you do all this online stuff and I got a big thing coming up that I'm gonna have to get my head out of my ass for in the next couple of days thing called the coast to coast roast being put on by uh, Helium Comedy Clubs, a couple others, cities roasting each other. I'm on the Houston team. My teammate, Keisha Hunt, will actually be joining me tomorrow on the show. My apologies today to, to J.R. Brow, who was supposed to be my my uh, guest, but uh, I just woke up and was not feeling like um, I could pull off that interview. But, uh, but I do have an episode for you today. Uh, last night, or yesterday evening, uh, Got a chance to interview a friend of mine. I was in a much better mood. We were kind of kicking it, cutting it up. You know what I mean? It was nice. And a surprise visit by one of my uh, guests from a previous episode. Uh, But let me just jump into it. All right? While I'm feeling it. Uh, uh, The guest today is a guy uh, based out of Austin. He's only been doing comedy close to about five years. Uh, Runs a bar, runs a gig. Uh, He's been very helpful to me. He's got a very interesting kind of life. And it's just why I wanted to bring him on the podcast. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Chris Seeley. Hello. Hello. Hey, what's up, Chris? Are we supposed to, is this like a talk like you're on speakerphone kind of deal? No, I mean, it's just like a talk like you're on a phone call. Are you on uh, earbuds or are you on speakerphone? I'm on speakerphone. Yeah, it sounds clear enough. It's okay. Pretty laid, it's pretty laid back. How's it sound on your end? Uh, sounded good. I can hear you just fine. That's good. That's good. Well, that's a, this is pretty much the vibe. If you've actually listened to any episodes, but this I, is I, what I, I, I've listened to a, the beginning of several, and then I get interrupted, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go back and listen to them, and I just, I got, I got, I got a lot to catch up on, but 
it's amazing how you can get distracted and uh and then there's there's uh so many things you got going that you've watched half of i'm just been trying to catch up on like 20 years of television dude well the scary part is is we're gonna catch up on it imagine if this keeps going for another month or so everyone's gonna have seen everything it's gonna start everyone's gonna start re-watching shit and then they're gonna run out of stuff to make and that's when everyone will catch up on the podcast yeah hey i uh uh, are we live we, now? Are we recording? Yeah, we're recording. We're already started. As soon as you, as soon as you jumped in, we started recording. I hope okay, that's okay that's with you. Because this that's is this fine. is like a little bit of a different kind of episode for me. Um, after later is already uh, hella laid back. Yeah, I'm taking it to the next level, and I'm podcasting live from the after later lounge now. <laughs> How I'm was kid- your four four twenty? Oh, it was pretty good. It, we observed it. We observed the high holiday of uh-huh. uh, 420. But yeah, we uh, um, <laughs> we received some edibles that, yes. were, that were quite efficient. That's the way I, uh, I tend to do it now because I, I tend to uh, – well, that's, that's like the problem with edibles for me is, is like I have so much self-control if someone offers me – smoke i can pass it up because i don't like to cough um and if somebody offers me a cookie then um i'm like no nah, i'm i'm you know i'm watching what i'm eating but if you're like hey i got this cookie and you'll get high then then i i lose all self-control <laughs> just like it, well uh, i can't really can't really say no to that. at that point are you you're not sweating the uh you know, the 25 calories and the half a gram of sugar you're more interested in the 10 grams of uh of California goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's, and as most people know, it's, it's different. So what if it was the other way right? better for me? You know how, uh, they're ridiculously potent. Like someone will give you a two inch by two inch brownie and say, sure, this is eight doses. Only take one slight nibble from the side. And you're going to be, you know, if you eat half of it, you'll die. And what if it was the other way around where you could get what's essentially one dose but in an entire bag of Oreos, <laughs> right? So you got to eat all the Oreos to get just regular, normal baked. Or you'd be like, it'd be easier to, you know, it'd be kind of easier to only get a little bit. I'll eat five cookies. That'll give me a fun hour as opposed to, well, I've been, I've, I took half a I've bite. I've been through the, ex- I've definitely been through the extremes and I consider myself a professional. I, I will will take a quarter and then wait a couple hours and then take the other quarter and <laughs> and and, uh, and then this way kind of and then as I start to you know a few more hours go by I may may nibble on the rest but I've I've definitely have saved some for the next day because uh, yeah I don't want to I don't want to get to the point where I'm not enjoying myself. Well, that's um, a, that's but, the smart that's the smart player move right there. Instead of eating it all at once, so that you're a hundred thousand feet high. And scared just, for a couple hours, you just go twenty five thousand feet high for f- for five hours and really stretch it out. Yeah, it's weird that we're talking about this because if you if you if you don't know me at all, I'm, this is not really my thing. <laughs> As I, I just I have age and wisdom from my years of doing everything a little bit. I don't like consider myself someone who does things all the time, but I do try to learn from my experiences and. I figured that one out. I had a girlfriend that played a prank on me one time where she made a tray of regular brownies and a tray of special brownies. And I uh, had the special brownies and began to get the munchies. And uh, 
she thought it'd be really funny to tell me that the special brownies were actually the regular brownies and I could just eat those. Um, and needless to say, I think uh, probably about an hour and a half, two hours later, I was I was not doing well. And your body will actually <laughs> will actually start to reject it. And I remember I remember making my way to the backyard and uh, and vomiting and uh, wow. Wow. and spinning around for a while and finally laying down. I mean, we're talking about half a tray of some pretty potent stuff. Like so, I mean, I consider myself a lightweight, but I think this would have messed some some other people up as well. Um, and I remember the next morning waking up and she's like, don't you have something to clean in the backyard? <laughs> and I, and I made, I made my way to the backyard and, uh, it was gone. And so was the dog. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I don't think he came back for like two or three days, but he must've had a journey. <laughs> oh, oh my God. He had a spirit quest. He was out in the, out in the desert of his own mind. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I don't, I've never really, I've always said if I ever like, like had just tons of money and just time, I would make a movie about like a dog on his journey after eating like vomited up pot brownies, basically. Dude, but... That's a great idea. That's a great <laughs> idea for a comedy movie. Like, a, <laughs> like the, like a dog's life, but a, a dog's trip. Yeah. I, a comedy to a certain extent, but it, it definitely could be like a cult following for like stoner movies where you just like, you get high and then you watch a dog be high. Like that would be a, or well, what yeah. someone portrays still, what a dog would encounter. A I lot of like, nature, a lot of nature stuff. I think people get into that. Yeah. But I think if you're making a, a stoner dog movie, you're going to automatically be in the genre comedy, right? I mean, you're not making, it's not going to be like an epic tale. Is it? You're not going to have like, it won't be too serious. That'd be crazy. No, no, but you do need some some moments in nature where you're just kind of tripping out a little bit. I mean, <laughs> where he just comes across a creek and just stares at it for a few minutes. Like, oh, I think dude, that... that would be hilarious. I mean, and I think you should show the full ten minutes of just the dog, you know, <laughs> who's panting a little bit, but just looking at a stream and all the things he looks at, and seeing his reflection in the water, and just sitting there for fifteen minutes. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. You got to think that's one of the things they always say about, you know, the mystical nature of, of marijuana, how it, you know, makes you get in touch with nature. A dog is already pretty in touch with nature, right? I mean, yeah. So, so, so do you have any, any stories of you getting too high? Oh, God, dude. I, 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 uh, I used to run into problems whenever I was already a little bit drunk and then uh, consumed the, the, the marijuana. And then mm. it would just, it would spin out of control. Like that was, I, I always had a hair trigger on letting a barf go. Like if I felt it, I wouldn't fight it. I yeah. would find a place to put it and get it out of the, you know, get the devil out. I was, I learned that pretty early in my, my uh, uh, consumption career. So sure. yeah, if yeah. I, if I already had a good beer buzz, it was, I only needed a little touch of, of the, uh, of the herbage before I got ridiculous. And when just yeah, like they, you couldn't process thoughts properly, and yeah, you that's see where it, the, like you're inside way. your own head, like ah ah ah, barf it. If you barf, you feel better. Okay, <laughs> that's where the wisdom comes in, where you learn it's either one or the other. You can't be mixing those those things. Mm -hmm. And and honestly, but, uh, dude, making the decision to go a little more green than alcohol in my life, if you just start that way, it keeps you out of all the alcohol trouble. You know what I mean? Uh, I I've never seen or heard of anyone getting any sort of uh really life fucking up decisions when yeah. they're just a little bit stoned all day 
yeah i uh i don't i i i'm a have a couple of beers uh and call it a call it a night kind of person maybe a shot here and there but uh i think the last time we saw each other mm-hmm. i was the last show i did um i i did i did uh consume more alcohol than normal <laughs> i would say well that wasn't too bad that wasn't too bad i mean shit i that was uh that was my last show too in front of people Oh, no, yeah. no, wait, I take that back. I did like a little wedding thing like a night or two later, right before okay. they really closed everything down. But even that was out in the woods. So and I, I saw you number. do an Arkansas thing. Yeah, I didn't count that either because there's only six people in the room. But, I mean, hell, I've done plenty of shows. There's only six people in the room, so I guess I should count that. Yeah, I've, I've, uh, that's 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 been – I've had some great shows like that, but, yeah, I've had mm-hmm. a few. But, uh, yeah, it's funny. The club owner was, like, apologizing about, oh, sorry, there's only six people here. I don't know if you'll – still be able to do your job i was like dude i'm a i'm a texas road comic i have way too much experience doing a six-person show that i'm proud to admit i mean <laughs> this, yeah this I, I i've done this i've got this skill set i watch me eat shit in front of six people i got this <laughs> i mean i've been lucky to have some comics come through uh my place when i was doing shows on sunday nights and attendance was hit or miss and uh yeah, we'd we'd occasionally have like a really great show with nobody there, but the people there were like almost like embarrassed that they're <laughs> like they're like I can't believe no one was here for this. This guy's amazing, you know what I mean? Well, it makes you feel like a billionaire. You're like, oh my god, I've got this amazing show all to myself <laughs> in public. Yeah. this is crazy. How did I get this? Well, and and that's where you like, especially with, with pros who will will do uh, some crowd work and maybe address that entire situation. That's where I like those, you know, every show is everyone's got material, but everyone's uh, got a unique, uh, you know, experience in every show. There's always something that's different. And then sometimes it's completely different and amazing. And it's great to be a part of that's, that's one of the most exciting things about it is when you do get in different uh, places and you just like, okay, I don't want to say off the rails, but it's like, sometimes that just ends up being uh, it just feels more, in the moment and real and, 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 uh, and they sense it and it and ends up having a great show. So, yeah, I, I love those too. And they stick out in your memory. I, I seem to have a, a propensity. I always, I'll have a plan. I'll have like a, a set list or at least a big chunk of it that I know that I want to do, but there's something mm-hmm. that always seems to happen to me where, where as soon as I get on stage, something will derail it immediately. Like something big happens, like almost, the moment I grab the mic and it just, and then veers it off into a direction that I couldn't have ever imagined. And that I can think of, I mean, how a couple dozen times where that's happened and it's been magical every time. Like, wow, I was totally not going to do this show, but because that big thing happened right when I walked up here or something, I mean, how one time I, I, I tripped real bad on a, on a rug and just fucking Maven Clavin it up to the microphone. And that was such a hard reset that it just, I didn't say a single word that I had planned to and wound up being up there for about 90 minutes and had a great night. But just, yeah. And then, and then you actually, you, I mean, it's, it, it's crazy, but you had, then you actually think to yourself, like, maybe I'm actually funny. Like, it's like, <laughs> I could, I could stand up here and I could do like my bits and it's, you know, somewhat rehearsed and, and for the most part, like, you know, everybody's laughing and then like everybody laughed the whole time and it was great. And you just kind of like, like, yeah. I mean, they were supposed to. I did my material. It was a big crowd, and it went well. And you don't even feel anything from it, almost. Like, and not that that it takes anything away from what you're doing, because every show is different. But then those moments, like you're talking about, where you're just like, 
wow. Like, you know, I mean, this wouldn't happen every time, but like this, I don't think anyone else, you know, a lot of comics could do it, but like, like I don't think people realize how hard that is to just have happen. Like, and it, it takes it's like a perfect contact. It's like, um, you know, I'm not a good golfer by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but every now and then you get real lucky and just uncork a really good swing and you hit it fucking perfect. Yeah. And, and it, you just like, you, you marvel at it like, Oh shit. I accidentally did it perfectly. And it, it was almost, it feels effortless. Like when you do it just right, there's like a, a perfect pitch to it. Like almost like, like it was so much easier than I had ever done it before. Accidentally can't do it again, but at one time, holy shit, it, the planets aligned, everything clicked in order. Yeah, I usually yeah. do that on the 18th hole, and then I'm like, oh, I, like it just took me 17 <laughs> holes to get good. I should come back and do this. Again. <laughs> uh, uh, that's how they do it. That's the golf gods getting you to hit you for another 100 bucks. <laughs> that's exactly what that is. Me and my buddy Tommy, when we play, uh, first off, we don't waste any energy by warming up. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, we don't go to the driving range. We don't chip around. At most, we may take a couple little practice putts. Yeah, that's usually just to you know get our mind right while we're waiting to tee off. But our our bet, our little contest that we do is the first full swing that either one of us take is the tee box t one drive, right? Yeah, and and we see who can completely cold straight out the parking lot have the best drive off the tee with the very first swing of the day. And boy, I tell you, there's been a couple where I'm amazed I even hit the ball. Like as soon as I take it back, I just feel things in the wrong place. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where you're just like, nope, pull up. Nope. Just well, get that, the club to the ball. <laughs> that's the old, uh, what's the old saying? If you're, if you're going to suck at golf, don't take eight practice swings, just hit the ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's not going to get any better. And, and it's the curse of the, the perfect practice swing. You go up there and you did the practice swing just right. Like, oh, man, that's great. Okay, now I'm going to hit the ball. <sighs> Maven Clavin and you fucking splice it off in the nowhere. And like, so, yeah, just eliminate the practice. Just walk up, grip it, and rip it, right? Let's yeah. see how many more sports terms we can get into this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, in comedy, you need to keep your head down. Really keep your fucking head down. <laughs> I don't I – don't, uh... I don't uh, do too much golfing. I've had, I, I did when I was younger in my twenties, I kind of have some back problems now, but I, I've, I've been kicked off way too many golf courses for the amount of times I've been golfing. <laughs> like it's, Oh it's, really? It's been uh, uh, one, one time I went for a, it was a bachelor party. Um, and it was basically a four, four of us were getting together for a round of golf before really we started the bachelor party and the bachelor's yeah. dad ended up showing up. And, uh, and he's like, he, at that time he was definitely, he's older now, but he was, he was older and he's a disabled vet and there was no way he was not going to like ride along with us in the golf cart. But the problem was there, you know, we're, there's room for four people in the cart and there's five of us now and he's not playing. He's just kind of hanging out with us. Um, so we were like, you know, taking turns walking from one to the other while, uh, you know, everyone was doing that. And I decided uh, maybe I should just hop on the back of one of the golf carts and <laughs> it was like a, a public course and the, the marshal came up and like warned me, don't, don't, uh, don't, uh, do that or whatever. I'll kick you off the course or whatever. So I was like, all right, that's fine. And we got a few more holes down there and, uh, the beverage girl came along uh, to, give, to give us a drink and we bought drinks or whatever. And I said, Hey, would you mind if I ride along with you to the next hole? <laughs> so I don't have to 
at the walk or whatever. And so she she agreed, like it, like she had an open spot in the cart, and she's heading that way anyway. Yeah. And uh, he came out. He came over afterwards and, and just like obviously wanted to uh, demonstrate his authority. Oh yeah, I threw and, you right out. And he yelled at he yelled at her and said, "You're not allowed to pick up hitchhikers, and you need to get out of here." <laughs> and he basically like, "I've ar- I've already warned you." So I was just like, "All right, so I guess uh, I'll meet you all at the happy hour part of this bachelor party." And uh, oh, I never got to, never got to finish the round. Time out, Chris Seely. It's time for me to spring a surprise guest on you. Okay. For the first time in after later history, we're going three wide into the turn. Coming back from a previous episode, it's your former roommate from college, Anson Ainsworth, ladies and gentlemen. What's up, everybody? <laughs> okay, there we go. It, it, <laughs> got, it got clear again. It wasn't clear. What's up, Anson? <clears throat> What's happening, Chris? How you doing? I'm doing man? good. We're, when worlds collide. Good. Yeah, it's so crazy how what a small world it is between just the, the relationships that you and I made away from each other after we were roommates in college and how they've all kind of come back together. That's trippy, yeah. man. That's fate. That's kismet. You two are spiritually linked. <laughs> you know what that means? We were linked in other ways. I was going to say, in in, college. In, 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 this means several things that either uh, at the end of your timeline, you're, you're likely murder each other or one's going to kill the other. No, I think we're. I think I think we're good. I think things would have been would have been worse when we were younger. But uh, yeah, or yeah. or you're going to be married, so you decide which one you want. I I am gonna I'm gonna stick with the one of us kills each other. But I mean, I'm not big on blood, so he'll have to kill me. Aww. But can we wait a little bit longer? I want to see if I can survive this quarantine. Just being out in public as much. Oh as yeah, think, yeah. No, think... it's not going to happen right away. We're talking twenty, thirty years. You got time. I think... Oh, perfect. I think we're better friends now because I think Anson was a huge asshole in college and he's become less of one, and I've become more of one. So now we're like on more of an even playing field. Yeah, it's it's that's what kids will do to you. They'll make you less of an asshole. <laughs> ah, man, you, your mileage may vary. Mine have really fucking brought out the prick in me. Yeah. Well, no, I you know they can do that at times, but the problem is, is that you realize that they are spawns of you, and that if they are becoming assholes. That means you're the one that was being the asshole in the first place. So you got to try to, you know, not be a little bit less of an asshole so your kids don't grow up to be horrible people. Well, well that thanks being, a that, lot. That being said, mo- <laughs> most of my best friends are are assholes, and but they're they're actually very nice people who put on this asshole front for some reason. And uh, right, well, that's I, I'm guilty. Of I that. think so. I think that's where 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 uh, we kind of just for the it's like yeah just. Seems like this is this is what I want to do now, but really deep down, I'm not really this person. I like that he 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 insulted you not by calling you an asshole, but by saying you're a poser of an asshole. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's diff. Wow, that's impressive. That's a double bounce on the trampoline of Take, insults right there. He's faking it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I do know what you're talking about. I know people that are like that. It's like they get they they're so tangled up in like the sort of douche bro persona, you know, and in public, they're the loud, boisterous prick, but then in person, they're like, you know, one on the less people around them, the, the nicer they are. Yeah. Right. That's fucking Yeah. You're up. like, so, that guy's the biggest dick. And then like, you see him working at a soup kitchen on his day off or something. You're just like, okay. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no, cause even then I'm thinking that asshole's got community service hours from somebody <laughs> punch at a bar. 
Or he's doing it for the free food at the end of the shift. Yeah, yeah. no shit. Yeah, exactly. Or a place to sleep because he fucking got thrown out of his apartment for being a prick. <laughs> right, exactly. So hold on. Let me reset here uh, Here on the uh, the After Later podcast. Uh, this is a, a special event, a blowout. I'm already chilling in the After Later lounge. I start off by talking to Chris Seeley. Bada bing, bada boom. One thing leads to another. Anthony's where it jumps in off the top rope. This is great. You guys were roommates in college. I wind up later uh, hosting a radio show with Anson, and I find out that this comic that I know in Austin who's booking me on shows is his old roommate. Oh, my God, the Holy Trinity has reformed. Yeah, it's a, it's a crazy love triangle, isn't it? Now, I got to hear about you two in college. What college was this? Were you roommates in a dorm? Was this an apartment scenario? I need some uh, details. We were uh, going to school at Southwest Texas University. I believe we both started in 1995. Oh, and, fuck yeah. Uh, beautiful San Marcos, Texas. And uh, oh, yes. we, had, uh, we both had a mutual friend. Uh, and I think we moved in together uh, with that roommate who ended up leaving shortly after. And then we just... Stuck it out for the rest of the lease, I think. Um, yeah, w- yeah. I, I was best friends with his dorm roommate, and so uh, Chris and my best friend from high school but, were roommates their first year. We're do- we were do- we're in the same dorm na- dorm neighbors at the at least, I guess. Oh, that's right. Yeah, dorm neighbors. If so. you sit in the that's same toilet, you're a roommate, right? Pretty much. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. that's that's correct. I- yeah, so uh, so then we, we had a kick-ass apartment, man. It was a brand-new four-bedroom apartment. We were the first people to move into it. Initially, I had moved in with my high school sweetheart, um, our mutual friend, and then one of my fraternity brothers. Um, we had a pinball machine. No, it was, it was, it was, it was me. Your, your fraternity brother moved in when Eric left. Oh, that's right. That's right. He came in after Eric left. So it was Chris, the four of us first. And we had a, uh, a pinball machine because my high school sweetheart, her dad, collected uh, antique pinball machines and jukeboxes. And so, oh, that's nice. Uh, As a special treat to him, did you ever fuck her on the pinball machine that her dad gave her? No, but Love get this, that. man. I, I no, I've got an even better story of how I <laughs> fucked her after everything <laughs> happened. So. He was auctioning off all of his stuff um, right about the same time I was auctioning off my mom's estate after she passed away. I bought one of his pinball machines for $300 probably, I don't know, 10, 15 years after we broke up. What? And so I had that. Yeah. So I had one of his pinball machines still had a little bit of extra left over from our relationship. She doesn't even know about, I don't think. That's funny. Would you say that you fucked her? You mean out of money? <laughs> That's even better. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, that's great. That's great. So, like, so tell me about the. You we should we should bring we should we should bring up before our roommate moved out that uh, they split up and she moved out uh, halfway through the lease as well, and right. and uh, and uh, she took the pinball machine and pretty much everything else, whether it was hers or not. Yeah. <laughs> down down to the ice cube trays. Do you remember? Yeah, that? that's, that's took- shitty. That that came with the apartment, the mind you. That, they came right. they came yeah. with the apartment. They were not our ice cube trays. She, yeah, yeah she, personal. Yeah, she got. She took the shower curtain ring. She took no. part of, and left the shower curtain. Took part of our deposit, basically, is what she did. <laughs> that is fucked up. <laughs> exactly. I had a friend too that yeah. in, in a d- divorce, his wife took the shower curtain and the rings, 
and that was that pissed him off more than just about everything else. Oh, that pissed me off so bad for so long. But the the the, the great thing was is that pinball machine was about I don't know seven hundred pounds, and we lived on the second floor. Oh. So I watched I watched her and her dad carry it down the stairs. I don't know who they had helping her, but it was a blast. That was my one revenge there that is pretty nice that is pretty cool so like uh how long we overall how long we all uh, roommates uh just for i think a full year i think i yeah I'm trying to remember the timeline of uh what year that was it was probably our sophomore year in college yeah yeah it was like 96 97 probably yeah those are those are good years boy those are that was a fun time to be alive I could tell. I could. Yeah, it was a fun. I time. could tell a story. I just don't know how much of a story Anson wants me to tell about our college years, but. Uh... Oh, I gotta hear it. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, okay. Yeah, me, well, I can just disconnect Anson real quick, and you can tell me the story. <laughs> well, no, I need to fact check this story. So keep. Me oh, going. you okay, won't. Good. You, you won't. Right. You won't. You no. You won't. Uh, you won't disagree with it. I just don't know if. Uh... So so I should I should say that. Uh... Before his girlfriend moved out, they split up. They were not together, and he was sleeping on the couch. Um, and she was supposed to move out and he didn't really want her there because they weren't together, but he was on the couch and one night now keep in mind, they're not together. Mm-hmm. Um, he brought a girl home to his couch and, uh, <laughs> that, that did not go well. <laughs> uh, and I think that sped up the move out process. Um, that will do it. That yeah. will do it. I do. You, I do vaguely recall, and I, and I think I did it on purpose to speed up the process. I, I believe no, so. On. I believe this is where the, the asshole part comes in, where it's like, I can be an asshole. Like, <laughs> Wait, did you get all the way to the fucking on the couch, or did you just, was the bringing her in the, what set it off? I mean, did she, did we get the great uh, National Lampoon moment of her coming out, like, to go to the bathroom and just seeing you boning on the couch? I don't even know, man. That's been so long. I have... I think oh, that I think I've there, I think there so must be things to my body since then. I was asleep and I woke up to it when I came out. Everyone was clothed, so there there may not have been anything uh, too heavy going on. But yeah, I think I think I just used that girl as a hey, can you come over and get my ex girlfriend to move out? You know, I think I think it's true because <laughs> he cool. he left with her. She stayed there, very upset, and then uh, I never saw that girl again. So <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing I'm guessing that was the plan. I- I think, you know, in San Marcos, there's so many females to male ratio uh, at Texas State, you know, formerly Southwest Texas, that it's like uh, if you go down the street at 8 a.m. on a Monday morning and you pick up one of the uh, the illegals to bring home and do a little work for you on your house, there's that many women there that you can just use them for situations like that. It was like the Uber of women. Wow. You could use her to bring her in and, and have her do something like that for me. So... So you can just pick up a chick at Ho Depot and she'll come knock the sheetrock out with you? Yeah, absolutely. You never tried that? No, oh, that's impressive. I got a. Yeah, now, I don't do it anymore. I, I got to ask you, boys, because you know I I didn't go to San Marcos. I didn't go to the same college, but I knew of San Marcos very well. My older brother went to Southwest Texas, so I had heard that before. But was it true? I mean, did it it really had like there was an unbelievable number of women to man ratio there? Yes. Uh, you know, I, I spent so much time in the library, I didn't notice things like that. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. sorry. I had to laugh uh, at that. Yeah. The only reason I can think of is the access to the rivers, and it's a great it's a great college town. 
and B, they have one of the best education uh, departments in the in the state. And so all of these chicks were like elementary ed majors. So you're telling me, as a parent of elementary school age children, that these sweet teachers were just a couple years back raging hoes up and down the streets of San Marcos, Texas. Absolutely. Are you kidding me? That I, I'm gonna I'm gonna feign like I'm shocked that I can't even imagine that. <laughs> yeah, you you got three girls. Don't let them go to Texas State, Wesley. Oh God. Hey, you know what? I don't give a shit. Title Nine, baby. Any port in a storm. <laughs> If they can get in and get a scholarship, I don't, they can go to Alabama for all I care. Well, put them online. They can take all these, what, like six or 700 different Ivy League courses for free right now. That's right. Why, why go to college and waste all that money when you can take classes online at home, still get the college experience because I'll roofie them once every 13 days. <laughs> I'll just roofie my own children. You know, they wake up safe on the couch at their parents' house. So it's, it's uh, you know. I'll draw dicks on their faces. <laughs> this will be fun. This will be good times for everybody. Yeah, you but I don't want to say disclaimer on I, this episode. Uh, no one's listening. I, I, it's just I do have another college story that's uh, one of my favorites with Anson. Um, oh, I got to hear it. I got to hear so it. So I, I should say that at, at this time, we, we had some slightly different schedules. I think Anson worked at a restaurant. I think he was working at Red Lobster, working some night shifts and stuff like that. I, I was like the guy who had eight o'clock classes, that kind of thing. Um, so, <laughs> so we had like a little keg party. And I, I want to say like with my friends, we started this keg party at like five in the afternoon on a Saturday, which involved like cooking some food, watching a football game, that kind of thing. And we went and got a keg from Walmart and uh, Anson came home and, and invited like I think his fraternity and like everyone who's ever stepped foot in a Red Lobster before that night. And uh <laughs> and all of a sudden, like my friends were already in the apartment, and then like we ended up having a trail of people all the way down the stairway, uh, oh, wow. and that we did have a keg in the laundry room, and people were coming in getting a keg, and most people were going outside and that kind of thing, and uh, and I guess we must have made some noise because uh, the police showed up, and uh, I should say before they did, we had actually ran out of beer, and uh, we had scrounged up a bunch of money from everybody who. Had just gotten there. I think we came up with the thirty-eight dollars we needed to get another natural light keg, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and some of my friends, basically who were twenty-one, drove off to go get the beer. And uh, at that time, the cops show up, and Anson walks in the apartment and goes, "Hey, Chris, someone's here to see you," and goes to his bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> that's the other asshole thing, so, huh? So, that's a great. So move. that's when I out asshole him, and I go up to the cop and explain to him that I do live here. And I don't know who any of these people are. <laughs> and, oh, and I would love for you to get them to leave. <laughs> and he goes, you want me to ask all these people to leave? I was like, would you? <laughs> and he basically <laughs> ran off all of would Anson's you? fraternity and all the Red Lobster people while my friends were inside. And right as the cops leave, my friend pulls back up with the other keg. <laughs> uh, <laughs> officer, officer, thank you very much. Oh, that's great. That's a great. Did I ever come out of the room after that? Yeah, you were like pissed. <laughs> you're like, you're a dick. But at the same th- at the same time, you're like better than having to talk to the cops. <laughs> like it's just like because he had like who knows what they would do now. Most of the time, 
the first time it's not a big deal. They are a big warning city for that kind of thing with college yeah. kids. They kind of came to expect that kind of thing. Oh, come on. The the cops in San Marcos Tech that's like the that's like the two cops in Superbad for fuck's yeah. sake. Right. They're big, they're, they're Those big guys would have been like captains on the Their force. big thing is we don't want to have to come back. Like that's when right. citations are issued and then they start getting involved. But like for the most part they they understand where they are. I mean but yeah. Yeah, you can't have some fucking super hardo fucking SWAT team blue line cop really trying to clean up the mean streets of San Marcos. They'd be like, dude, you're fucking killing the vibe here, man. Yeah, did I ever tell you about the time that I got a friend out of, and you know you know Chris Gosh, Chris. I got uh, got him out of a DUI. Um... We were stopped at a red light, and, um, or no, I'm sorry, we were going... Bro, that, is that the fucking the... phone ringing at a Pizza Hut, for fuck's sake? Holy shit. I don't shit. know, That's cr- it's not my place. It's not mine. I'm in. I'm in the car. Was that yours? Um, uh, yeah. I'm, I I couldn't be at my home, so I went to a place that uh, where I wouldn't be interrupted. <laughs> <laughs> so pizza. <laughs> the... Yeah. Right. That was funny. That's funny. So anyway, Anson, you were you got someone out of a DUI? Yeah. So we were going uh, going from one party to another in San Marcos. He's following me, and we go through this light. I go through the light yellow. He goes through it red and gets pulled mm-hmm. over. So I made the block, and this is back before cell phones. Uh, this was like you had a bag phone if you were lucky. So I went, made the block, walked in uh, to the HEB parking lot, got on the pay phone and dialed 911. When the 911 operator answered, I said, help me, help me. He's going to kill me. He's chasing me. Help me. And I hung up the phone. And immediately, that cop put on his blue and reds and left my buddy behind and didn't get a DUI out of him. Oh, that is fucking devious, you sick, yeah. sick man. Yeah, well, you know, I was I, I was taking care of my boy, and we're, uh, we're still friends to this day. I like that voice that you use. I can see the 911 dispatch going, oh, uh, yes, there appears to be a transsexual man in distress. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Look for weird long hair, bad makeup, puka shell, hairy chest. <laughs> yeah, I would have been an ugly tranny. Uh, <laughs> don't sell yourself short, man. Oh, There's a no. market for everything. No, trust me. I, I, I'd make an ugly tranny. There's pictures somewhere. <laughs> well, I think there's pictures of me wearing a dress when I lost that bet on the on the show. Oh, there. Uh, you know what, though? I don't know where my, my copy of it is. Oh, I, darn. I can't find it. Don't worry. I'm sure it's all over the internet. If you had, if we put it on Facebook, it's just at Zuckerberg's house. Yeah, it's it's in one of those uh, those digital um, picture frames that continues to flash up every once oh, yeah. in a while. Like in the lobby at Facebook, their office, where they just sort of randomly rotate through pictures people right. have uploaded. Yeah, it's a picture of me in a fucking tube top. You know, it, it worked for me. It was a good look. I think you made I still... you made that dress look good. I think I still have it. You know what? I was—I remember because that was summertime, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, which is nine months out of the year in Houston. It is, so it's easy to remember. But I remember thinking, like, okay, yeah, ha, ha, embarrassing. I'm wearing a dress, ha, ha. And then I was like, man, this is kind of nice and cool. <laughs> Six get to walk around with like their shoulders out. This feels good. <laughs> I, uh, I'm not saying I—I I, I am a, a transvestite, as it were, but I can see there from here. You know what I'm saying? It's it's, right. it's a it's not a bad look. 
Now, hold on a second, fellas. Once again, well, this is the After Later podcast. I'm in the After Later Lounge. I'm talking to Chris Seeley from Austin and Stanisworth from Parts Unknown and Weird Parts of Florida. Coming to us live from the tip of the spear at the end of the world. Um, now, Chris, you've been a comic for quite some time now. You're a, you're a seasoned professional comedian at this point, right? You're in the five years or more. I, yeah, I, just, I, I guess technically I put an asterisk by five years because I really didn't do anything the last month to get to my five years. So we've been been uh, quarantined, yeah, but enough. yeah, I guess uh, technically five years. Been writing stuff down still over the last month. Yeah, you're a you're a, you're a corporal in this man's army. We like to say with comedy. Anson, your old roommate, my old radio partner has been talking shit about trying stand-up for the longest fucking time. And I still... Uh, did you ever go hit an open mic? Have you ever done it? I want to hear it, and I want, I want you to get your ass in gear and do it. No, I haven't, because I am, uh, I am terrible at uh, following up on things. You can just ask my wife. Uh, I've got probably four minutes written. Um, maybe five. But, uh, but no, I have not hit an open mic. Uh, and you can roast me for that. Well, you have an excuse now because it, everyone's on fucking shutdown. Right. Or do you because it's fucking Florida and y'all don't seem to give a shit about <laughs> anything like that? Well, I mean, I'm, so, li- I'm literally looking at the Atlantic Ocean right now. So, um, so yeah, there's a lot of people out here. The beaches are not open where I am, but, but yeah, I am at the edge of the world here with you. Well, that's what you should do. You should just, uh, while all other comedy is shut down, if the beaches are open, why don't you basically just sort of drop the tailgate on the pickup truck and set up an open mic right there at the beach. I bet you could get a huge crowd. Yeah, I could. Uh, I, that would be great. Wouldn't it <laughs> that for me to kick off my comedy career by gathering a group of 10 or more people during a quarantine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that, yeah. That would be career ending right from the beginning. I think. Right. Yeah. A lot of comics claim that their first time on stage, they killed. You could <laughs> prove it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I think I'll you could say four percent of the people who saw my show are dead today. <laughs> I think maybe I'll uh, wait until after the lockdown to. to well, what, what about you, you're, you're well, first still, time on stage, John? Oh, my first time. Well, my first time ever on a stage stage that can't like a you mean like a comedy club stage? Or well, let's go first mean? open mic and then first show. We'll we'll do both. Uh, for, well, the first show I ever did is backwards. Uh, I was about 16 years old at a one-nighter in South Texas. I want to say Alice or Falfurious. Mm-hmm. And I had driven there because I knew there was a comedy show, and I bullshitted the guys that owned the place to let me do the, the to uh-huh. host, to go first and host. And I was telling them that I was 21. And then <laughs> there's no way they believed <laughs> me. But, but still, it was a bar. And, uh, yeah, I swear, I'm 21. And then I go on stage, and half of my material is about being in high school <laughs> and, how, and how big the dicks are in the shower playing football. And I finished my set poorly to no laughter. I spent an uncomfortable amount of time talking about big dicks. <laughs> <laughs> and... The guy basically just walked me right out the door like, that'll do. We know you're not 21. You got to go, buddy. <laughs> so I basically got walked to my car from the stage at this one-nighter, 
horrible experience, but I tell you what, it was exhilarating and I loved it. I had to drive about a hundred miles back I, home. I, I kind of had over. the same thing happen to me. I ended up doing. I, Talked about Dick. No, I, I did three. I did three shows before I ever even did an open mic. As crazy as that sounds. Oh, that's not bad. I, uh, that's not I actually, uh, I had wanted to do comedy for years um, and had written things down. I mean, I want to say since I was like 15, I was like, I'm going to do this one day. Uh, so much so that like everyone who really knew me knew that I, I had said that at some point in time. And, uh, and right. I had tried to sign up at Cap City through the open mic through their uh, website, I guess, a couple of times. And as far as I was like in the know, and I guess I just, I just didn't do enough research. I thought the comedy club was the only place you could do an open mic. And I guess, I guess when I mm-hmm. first had like an idea to do it, I guess that was kind of true. Um, but I would send it an email and I would get denied. And one of the things they tell you is that you just send it every week and eventually they'll say yes. But like, I would go like six months before I'd send another request. So I'd probably move to the back of the list and I just, I just never got mm. on. And it was like, I cared about it, but it was like the open mic was on Sunday football's on Sunday. It was like, well, I'm definitely not right. going to try to do it during football season, you know? So it wasn't something I was really <laughs> pursuing actively, but one day I, uh, I had this job driving a truck and it was freezing cold and the truck I had didn't have a heater in it. And so as it was like raining, like the ice, the, the water was freezing to my windshield. Uh, so I was like, I can't do this. Called my boss and I'm like, uh, you need to put a heater in this truck. I'm not, I'm not going to like kill myself. And uh, I, went, I went home and I actually uh, got a phone call from the guy who owned the bar that I currently work at and produce shows at. And he said, hey, would you uh, like to work today? And I hadn't worked there in a couple of years. And I said, what do you, what's going on? And he said, well, someone called in sick and I'm just going down my list of bartenders I know. And I said, actually, I can because I'm not, I'm not working because it's cold out. So I'll, I'll be there in a few minutes. So I, I headed up there. When I got there, I saw this like uh, flyer on the wall. Uh, Carla DePlantis, who's now Carla Schultz, was, was producing a comedy mm-hmm. show here. And I think Matt Golightly had headlined the month before and his poster was still up there. And so I, uh, I said to the night bartender when she came in, I said, hey, uh, who, who's doing these comedy shows? And he said, she said, uh, oh, this lady, you know, uh, her name's Carla. I can get you her number. And I was like, all right, please do. And I literally friend requested Carla on Facebook and sent her a message and said, hey, you don't know me. I don't know you, but I know you produce a comedy show at this place. And I've always wanted to do com- or I, I, wanted, I, wanted to, I wanted to get on the show. And, and her exact response was, Oh, well, where do you do comedy? And I said, I've never done comedy. And she said, wow, you're funny. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> and I said, no, seriously, like I've been writing for years. I really want to do this. And she's like, all right. She's like, she goes, just text me a joke or whatever. So I text her a joke and she's like, it was, a, it was enough of an audition to, to get on. She goes, all right, I'll give you five minutes. Invite all your friends. And what I didn't realize as I've gotten to know, and she kind of taught me this trick is sometimes, you know, the, the bringer thing where you, you invite somebody who works at the bar to do five minutes or somebody who's got a lot of friends just so you have an audience. Um, and, and I had been telling so many people for so long that I'm going to do it that when I told everybody I'm going to actually do it, and it's this time at this place, I had like 45 people show up to, to, to come to me. <laughs> and, uh, and I would say um, I didn't do bad. 
like for a first time, like I go back and I can watch it. I say, um, probably about 60 times in the five minutes. Yeah. You still do do that. (laughs) (laughs) But now, now there's a reason, but, uh, now they ended up, uh, as I'm saying, uh, every other word and realizing I'm doing it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's like the don't touch your face thing when you're, I just that just yeah, made me like, touch my face. Like my that. girlfriend, like I come in the house, she's like, "Don't touch your face." I'm like, as soon as you say, "Don't touch my face," I'm gonna touch my face. Like I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go wash my hands, and then I'm gonna touch my face. Yeah. I'm gonna touch my your tr- face. my trick is whenever I'm trying not to touch my face, I just tell myself, "Don't touch your dick," and then my hands go to my waist, and I don't go anywhere near my face, and I try really hard, try really That's hard not to room. touch my dick. But anyway, uh, now I've got a couple follow up questions about your your first time okay. on stage there. Um, First time, 40, 45 people show up. Did those people ever come back to see another My friend show? recorded it, put it on Facebook, and I had probably the same amount of people, if not the same people, different people, the second time I did it. It was actually might have been a little bit more because people were like, holy shit, he actually really did do it. I'm going to come see him or whatever. But that died yeah. off. That did die That's off. Cool. Um, yeah. That does die off pretty quickly. We always say in comedy that – your your career as a comedian doesn't start until your friends That's stop correct. showing up. <laughs> you know, I mean, once uh, once it's just you and us and these assholes that we don't know, then then you're trying comedy. But uh, you know, comics will always encourage newbies to go try comedy, and it's for exactly the reason that Carla said yes and yes. your friends. Okay, I don't. It's not like I'm out here recruiting, trying to find new members of my of my tribe. I'm not looking for the great comedy minds of America to all unite. I want you to bring new people to me yes. to make laughs. <laughs> because I'm a grizzled old comic, and I don't know anybody who's not on this yeah. show already. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you've exhausted your entire black already. Oh, yeah, exactly. And, and, and uh, I don't have any civilian friends who will come see me unless I'm working with someone that they want to see. And that's few and fucking far between. Yeah. So, Anson, you got to get your shit together because right now, uh, what here's the nat- here's the natural segue. So, Anson, why don't you tell us about your? F- oh, that's right, you don't fucking have one. I'm waiting to get 45 people that I can get together to come all to my first. B- build show. up your I'm build only- up your friend list. <laughs> yeah, I'm only I'm only up to about 12. Right now. <laughs> uh. Oh, shit. By the way, uh, Anson, uh, as we hear, we were telling stories about you in college, which were great to hear. That was some new material. I, I, I was uh, excited to hear that. But I've been talking about you on other streams. I did Barry Laminac's, uh live show, and I told them the story about the porn pop-ups and how that got us in trouble with, yeah, baby! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dick Vitale. Yeah, they got in trouble. With how we got in trouble with Dick Vitale, and how we got chewed out about Dick Vitale. I did, I did, yeah, I did, I did well, catch we, some of that. I, I did catch uh, that. That. <laughs> yeah, we, that was uh, that was an exciting experience. I think Ralph Sampson was just a, a table or two over while that was happening. And, oh yeah, no, people noticed. People yeah, definitely noticed. Yeah. On, I think it made us a more <laughs> popular destination on on Radio oh, absolutely. Row. Absolutely. I mean. What, you have the rando dickheads from Kentucky talking basketball and wanting to break down game film? You want to come sit with these chodes from Houston looking for porn <laughs> pop-ups? That's right. Yeah, and you know the great thing about that was that was the one time that our boss was on our side. 
Yeah, right. Exactly. How yeah, rare was that? Super rare. But yeah, he was totally on our side. But he's like, that's some bullshit. Fuck that guy. Oh, yeah. I also told the tale of the Black Scorpion and the Black Scorpion uh, yes, list. Ah, yes, the Black Scorpion list. I wonder if he's still wrestling. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess he'd have to be, right? Because he didn't have anything else he could no, fuck with. I mean, unless they're having an, uh, another Mortal Kombat to add to the series. <laughs> I guess there is, right? They're going to Fight Island. They're going to fucking MMA fight out in the fucking yeah, wilderness. that'll be fun. <laughs> oh, shit, man. Well, this has been fun, guys. I gotta. I, I fear I should probably let you go. We're getting to a normal hour. I think we've are. We've all busted our nuts already. I think it's time to just, uh, you know, call it a night, huh? What do you What do you say? Well, that sounds good. I, I'm gonna... just going to continue to sit here by the beach and watch women in bikinis jog by. Yeah. You, you basically are human coronavirus. You're just lurking in the car. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I got the windows up. Trying to... <laughs> you are the Zodiac infector at exactly. this point. Yeah, I know. So, hey, girl, you got some nice antibodies. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to spend some more quality quality time with the family because I'm not getting enough of that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's plenty of that here. Matter of fact, that's why I got to go because it's time for me to go downstairs and re-engage as a parent. Yeah. Uh, you guys have got it all wrong. See, I, I deemed myself an essential employee because uh, I'm doing Uber Eats deliveries and DoorDash deliveries. And so it's all about my wife at home with the kids. I've seen my kids less during quarantine than I did during regular times. Oh, man. Uh, that's pretty smart. Hey, have you seen, like, doing any door deliveries, any, uh, you know, any crazy horny housewives just answering the door in their negligee, just begging no, for a No, not yet, man. But really, I, I'm, I'm, that's the only reason I'm doing this. You know? <laughs> I'm risking my yeah. life just for that one moment. Right? It's like, uh, it's like old penthouse letters remember the, the forum oh, yeah. letters oh yeah God. i think uh i think my relationship was better when i wasn't home i think that uh, yeah how's that going are you guys all stuck going crazy uh, yeah i think other? so i mean it's uh i kind of what's it been five weeks now with the, the first two weeks you know we're uh the 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 there's there's no intimacy because you could have the virus you don't want to give it to each other so you got to keep your distance no kissing that kind of thing and then after the mm-hmm. after the second week, it's like, okay, well, we do not want to take a chance of making another child right now. <laughs> like the, <laughs> the, the kids are going crazy, oh, yeah. and uh, you know, we just we gotta we gotta definitely not have a kid because that would not be a good thing. We don't want don't want to bring one into into this world, that kind of thing. But yeah, I think by week five, I think we're just yeah. at the point where it's just like I, I just fucking hate you. Like I don't think, <laughs> but. Well, I recommend trying yeah. mutual masturbation, uh, where you basically are six feet apart, practicing social distancing, and then just eye, furious eye contact, <laughs> like like you're trying to not break eye contact and just fucking whip it at each other. That's, Man, uh, I don't understand. This has know, been just... the best thing for my marriage, this quarantine, because I've kept myself out, and I've kept a full half gallon of Tito's at home at all times. So... <laughs> That yeah, is I mean, impressive. Keep the wife happy and drunk, and we'll get through this together, honey. Yeah, that's right. We're all in this. We together, just celebrated babe. our 13th anniversary <laughs> yesterday. Congratulations, you, man! That's crazy. You made it to the baker's yeah, well, dozen. It's appropriate, I think. The 13th year is during quarantine, right? Mm-hmm. No, that is perfect. Yeah, clearly you brought up. You brought this on all. <laughs> it of us. was definitely my fault. 
Yeah. All right. Well, here, here's my here's my wrap up questions. I've been asking this on all the episodes lately. I don't know if I did it on yours, Anson. and yours was like episode two, so I don't know if I did this yet. But let's say that this all goes uh, full Walking Dead, fucking uh-huh. crazy, right? Let's say three, four months from now, we're in a full, complete global collapse. We've resorted down to essentially roving gangs and warlords. You find yourself at the fortified gate of a local warlord. What job are you offering the newfound collective that will get you in their good graces and keep you alive? Like, what can you do in a post-apocalyptic Mad Max world to earn your keep for a warlord? Anson, you go uh, first. Well, I mean, I, I grew up in Texas, so I can hunt and kill and, uh, you know, do things like that. I can I can clean a deer and make good food. So I'm, I'm great at cooking. So I can barbecue and, okay, so you're, and gather. All right, so you're, you're joining, basically, you're, com- you're coming in as muscle, right? Like, uh, you're, you're going to be one of the one of their one of their grunts, one of their goons. Like, hey, I'm 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 good with the with the piece. I'm a, I'm not afraid to shoot shit, and I can go. I'll bring back a deer or yeah, two. Yeah, yeah, and, and I mean, I'll shoot zombies too. I'm not worried about that. No, well, yeah, of course you got to. You got to. You got to hold your own. All right, I like that. What, what, now, what about now, Anson? Because I'm guessing your current business teaching people to swim. That's not that's not going to be applicable in in a disaster no, I scenario, mean, I, right? I think at that point, all the water that is swimmable will be either contaminated or uh, used. So you know, there won't be anybody trying to swim. And they could still fall in and drown. Yeah, but, be like fuck them. You know, at that point, I think we need to thin the herd even more. Exactly. At that point, you're not you're not helping anybody who's not in your particular you know war tribe. You know, if they can't fucking swim, well, then exactly. one less mouth to feed. All right. Now, what about you, Chris? You're a bartender, barman by trade. What uh, would you do in that probably gonna sound, to Probably going to sound like I'm sidestepping the question, but I would probably try to tell that person that they, uh, they're too busy to be trying to figure out who needs to come in here, and I probably should be in charge of recruitment, and then he can go do better things. I'll uh, be... Oh, no, no that's that a, power a power move, move. right yeah. there. That's like... You're trying to get yourself into their cabinet, like yeah, you're you're showing up with a hey yeah, man, yeah. let me help you. Yeah, you need help you got you know, this way you have more free time to do the things you want to do, uh, and I can do this job for you, and I'll decide who comes in. And that would that would that would be what that would be my angle. I would try that. So essentially, you're walking up in the shady darkness. All of a sudden, who goes there? I can say that. Like, oh, guys, <laughs> you're doing it all wrong. <laughs> Let me show you how to do this. <laughs> now you got my attention. <laughs> so what's your what's your job? Then? Excellent. Well, I guys. Oh, I thought about that. I think I, I'm angling toward like uh, 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 gardening, ah, farming. Botany. I think. Uh, yeah. Well, no, that's so much pretty flowers. I'm gonna focus uh, on feeding people because. Even if you're, you know, foraging for and stealing meat or eating weird squirrel or, God forbid, other survivors, uh, you're going to want some salad oh, to go absolutely. with that every now and then, yeah. right? You know what well, I mean? Yeah, a, little, a little tomato and an afterworld's just like, yeah, I have to gold. To make the salad and the other salad? Well, oh, well, yeah, that's, that's, come on. If you can, if I can show up and they're like, why shouldn't we kill you? 
and I just have a yeah, handful there you of go. seeds. And they're like, well, why don't we... Why don't we just kill you and take those seeds? I'll be like, because I'm the one that knows how to grow them into these big fat <laughs> nugs. And they're like, oh shit, he's got tomatoes and nugs. I can't wait to live at your uh, warlord oh, yeah. con- complex. Well, you know, you have to prepare for the worst if you're going to get ready for the best, right? And so, uh, I- I'm essentially asking all the people that I interview this question. Uh, so I can assemble our my own warlord team nice. if shit hits the fan. Because I'm pretty sure my wife's going to be the leader. She's <laughs> been itching to kill. You know what I'm now, saying? Are you, gonna, are you guys setting She's up ready. the woodlands or are you going to move first? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, it depends. You know, you got to think about, you know, there's so many scenarios that can lead up to hell breaking loose. So, you know, and we could, oh, yeah, we're going to go up to the Lake Conroe and all that. But what, what if that's where they yeah. drop the nuke, right? So you got to be, you got to be flexible. You can't, you can't dig in uh-huh. and then they drop it right on your head. I, I learned, I learned that from Bart Stewart. I interviewed him and he was like, oh, yeah. He's like, you know, those guys that they have a whole scenario. And then what if your place is the one that explodes? And you're like, well, fuck it. So you got to be mobile. You got to, you got to adjust. You got to have redundancies and, and effects. And oh, I'm, I'm, I'm trapping I can see that. I'm proud of shit. you. I think I'm working on this in lieu of doing the assignments for my children online that they're getting from their <laughs> teachers. <clears throat> because I'm like, ah, who the fuck needs to know that? You don't need to know that. What are you gonna you gonna draw pictures for the warlord? We're gonna we're gonna drill in home, the backyard home, with the stabby stick. Homeschool dropouts. We're all raising homeschool dropouts. <laughs> Amen. That's the truth. All right, boys. Hey, this was a lot of fun, man. Chris, I appreciate you coming on. And uh, Anson, uh, you know I what do. you did. Thanks for having me. You, you know. Hey, anytime, anytime. Okay. Well, not tomorrow, but any other time right. after tomorrow. Stay safe. Don't go fucking lick any doorknobs while you're dropping off your All shit right, there in Florida. Be careful. Be careful. And Chris, be good. Yeah, Thanks good for luck. everything. Bye, I will talk to you soon. All right, bye, guys. Later. My thanks again to Chris Seeley and surprise guest Anson Ainsworth. That's kind of nice having a little, little three-way bullshit session. Hope you enjoyed it as well. Uh, if you'd like to be a guest on the After Later podcast, I'd love to hear from you. Looking for interesting, unique people with uh, cool stories, whatever. Uh, hit me up on Twitter. That's at John Wessling, J-O-H-N-W-E-S-S-L-I-N-G. The show's Twitter, After Later, A-F-T-E-R-L. Number eight, letter E-R. The show's uh, Facebook page is After Later Podcast. My personal comedy one is John Wessling Official. This drink of coffee is brought to you by Anchor FM. Oh, yeah. Increasingly, we're having more and more two pot of coffee days. <laughs> Going to run out of coffee at this point. Dun, dun, dun. The more coffee you drink, the more toilet paper you use. So that's a downward spiral. Hey, thanks to you, Scott Henry, a friend of mine, comic, very, very funny guy. He is my only sponsor so far, pledging $5 a month to the kitty. If you'd like to uh, throw a couple of bucks, keep the lights on here at the After Later podcast, hit us up on the main page at anchor.fm slash after later. There's a little button there. You can throw me a couple of bucks. Uh, but you know, if not, make sure you give those bucks to someone who needs it. I know we all need it. That's why I'm not really, you know, thumping the tip jar or nothing. This is 
just something we're all doing to kind of buy the time and stay sharp. Uh, if you'd like to check out my comedy album, it's available on 800 Pound Gorilla Records. It's called Warm at First. It's available for purchase if you'd like. Or you can stream it just about everywhere. Uh, streaming is available. You're already paying for those. So you've already paid for my album the way I look at it. Go ahead and listen to it there. Share it with your friends. Every click gives me several cents. <laughs> Which is cool. Which is very, very cool. Hey, don't worry about me. I will be uh, feeling chipper and right as rain. I'm going to get a little bit busy. Do a little chores around the house. Clean the kitchen. Work on the garage. Do some laundry. You know. This is kind of like deep space travel. You know, we're all stuck in a house. <laughs> Nothing to do for months and months at a time now. So you just sort of, you know, work the circuit, right? Just go around and fix stuff, clean stuff. Anyway, it's at 1227 in the PM. Now my oldest is yet to show her face out of her room. Uh, she is becoming a creature of the night. <laughs> but you know what? Like I said, I can't be hard on her. She's been the one who's been handling this the uh, the worst. And uh, now it feels like I feel like I caught up with her today. But uh, <laughs> so she drags her ass out of bed. We'll uh, we'll commiserate or I'll or I'll just take it out on her. I'll make her clean stuff and yell at her or something. You know, good parenting. <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. Absolutely kidding. Or am I kidding about kidding? I guess we'll find out tomorrow. Remember, um, my guest tomorrow is Keisha Hunt. She's my teammate in the Coast to Coast Roast. It's going to be a lot of fun. City versus city. Not roasting the people, but roasting the town they're from. So I'm looking forward to defending the honor of the city of Houston and uh, assaulting and besmirching uh, St. Louis, Austin, Dallas. That's in our first bracket. <laughs> I can't. My first one gets to go against St. Louis. Uh, and then Austin, then Dallas. Oh, I couldn't wait. Anyway, I'll have more information uh, about that as it becomes uh, more public. So stay tuned for that. Appreciate you listening today. Uh, you know, have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Afterlighter podcast. I'm John Wessling. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye.